Welcome to the NutriBlends Animal Ag Podcast, where we tell the truth about American agriculture. On this podcast, false rumors are run out of town. Misleading marketing gets called out for what it is. And you better have good science to back up your claims or you're getting a boot. You hear me? I'm John Ratzenberger, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. Heat stress affects livestock performance in all parts of the United States. Some areas deal with it a lot longer than others, but no one escapes without some impact from it. Today, we will find out what can be done to minimize its effect. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Jeffrey Wires from Zinpro. He earned his doctorate in animal science with an emphasis in ruminant nutrition from Oklahoma State University. Prior to joining Zinpro, Dr. Wires worked as an independent dairy nutritionist, consulting for large herds in Texas, New Mexico, and Kansas. Welcome, sir. Thank you, John. Glad to be here. Well, right off the top, what is heat stress? John, heat stress is exactly what we feel when it gets really hot and uh, and humid outside. Livestock feel the same exact thing. So in the heat of the summer, uh, it's not only that really high temperature, but when you start coupling that with a lot of humidity, you have heat stress. And when I specifically talk about the lactating dairy cow, for example, when she experiences heat stress, her milk production is going to go uh, going to go downhill. It's going to decrease substantially, and not only milk production is going to go down, she's going to lose a lot of her reproduction proficiency. Uh, it's going to be hard to get her bread back, just because so much energy is being utilized to basically try to cool herself. So, other than that daily drop in milk production. These cows start becoming lethargic. They show signs of increased respiration. You'll walk around the pens, and if there's not proper cooling uh, during extreme heat stress, you'll actually see them uh, open mouth panting. And when they're open mouth panting, they're not chewing their cud. And what's important about that, a cow needs to ruminate. A cow needs to be able to swallow her saliva because that helps buffer the pH in the rumen. When she's sitting there open mouth breathing the whole time, that's not happening. A lot of things start going downhill when when the temperatures start getting high. The other thing, above and beyond heat and humidity, a byproduct of rumen fermentation is the production of heat. These high-producing dairy cows are eating a lot of forage. When they digest that or ferment it, that gives off heat. So we're not only getting heat from the sun and the humidity, there's also a thing called heat of fermentation, which is internal heat. When do dairy cows start to suffer from heat stress? So the scientific community has developed a temperature heat index, or THI. So that's been developed to use to assess heat stress in cattle. And, and we can kind of follow this table along, you know, as the summer months start getting hotter and hotter, uh, we can hopefully stay ahead of heat stress and start cow cooling in front of it to keep her milking good. Um, you know, and our goal is simply to keep these animals cool. And, and that's not only talking cows, that's, that's animals or livestock, production livestock in general. But for instance, when the THI formula starts getting around 72, now remember, this isn't just 72 degrees. It's a formula that accounts for the humidity also, but 
Cows likely start to experience heat stress as low as 72. When that THI starts exceeding 78, we're going to see milk production losses. If we go higher than that and we get up above 82, cows start experiencing severe milk loss and severe signs of heat stress. And when you have severe milk loss in the middle of summer, it's very difficult to get her back to where she was, even if you started cooling. If you let her get heat stress for too many days in a row, it's very difficult to get that milk production back of what she lost. So it's highly important to keep livestock cool, uh, not only for production, but for just her longevity. Just keep her comfortable. Uh, the only thing that the THI, that temperature index, doesn't measure is heat load over time. So depending on the ventilation that you have, stocking density, what the THI actually is, and then her production level, it can be very difficult for that cow to drop below a heat stress condition in the middle of summer, possibly until very late or early morning time. She won't cool down until maybe midnight if it's very hot that day. So it's very important to keep these cows cool. What are some of the steps to take to reduce the effects of heat stress? So first and foremost, it's going to be mechanical cooling. Same thing of, of us using air conditioner. We've got to keep these cows cool with fans and with water. We want to keep them comfortable. As equally as important as mechanical cooling, she needs to have clean water available at all times. Fresh, clean water is, is highly important. But in today's dairy systems, they're either going to be housed in a barn or not in a barn. There's different facilities of free stalls. Uh, they can have tunnel ventilation on them. They can have uh, cross ventilation. But for this example, cows are either in a barn or they're in an open lot system. And when you're in an open lot system, those cows are exposed to the environment. So shade becomes very important. Uh, and careful attention needs to be had when positioning the shade, the height of it, the length of it. Shade, basically, it needs to be adequate for the pen size and the stocking rate because cows will all try to get, they have a herding instinct, and they will all bunch up under this shade. And if it's not big enough, it's almost a negative for you because the cows are so hot, they want to get this, you know, an inch away from each other. Now the heat is just basically insulating in them and they, they, they'll they actually increase their internal body temp. So you want to make sure these shades are positioned correctly and that they're, they're large enough for that pen size. Uh, but the big thing is, and, and this is absolute, the first thing on the list that, that you should do to cool cows uh, is to utilize evaporative cooling. This is getting the cows wet with water application systems. And then you have to have large fans to really move that airflow. And a lot of times what we see in the industry is we put plenty of water on them, but we don't have enough airflow around them. And this means airflow at the feed bunk uh, where they're laying down uh, and in the holding pen. It's highly important. Uh, so we must take advantage, full advantage of the cooling the cows, especially when bringing them into milk. You know, when they're in that holding pen, they're all up out of their pen. We have them in one place. This is a key time during the day. That, let's say we milk them three times a day. We can put as much water on them as we can and get them cool. And then they can go back out to the pens and, and lay down. But there's also, regardless of the mechanical cooling that we have, we really want to make sure that the cows are coming back to clean, well-bedded stalls because we want to promote them to lay down. 
A cow is going to come back from milking. She's going to go right to her feed. She's going to eat. She's going to drink water and she's going to go, go to sleep pretty much or, or go lay down and, and get comfortable. It's a nice life. That's a, that's a nice life. And so, you know, we want to make sure, and, and a lot of people forget this, but we want to make sure those beds are clean and comfortable because longer standing times when cows stand there, they perch a lot. So it puts a lot of weight on their back feet. This is why we start seeing a lot of lameness issues coming out of summer because a cow wasn't made to stand all day long. We need her to lay down. So those are three main things that we can really look at to reduce the effects of heat stress. Is there anything we can do to the ration to alleviate heat stress? Absolutely. Uh, Once a cow is heat stress, so like I've said, once a cow is heat stress, her intake, her eating patterns, and then her milk production start to go down. We have to do everything possible uh, on the management side to make sure she has fresh feed available and that there's plenty of feed available when she comes back from milking. Uh, So we need this cow to eat before she lays down. Some other things uh, that nutritionists do in the summertime is they basically just want to really increase and focus on intake and energy density. Uh, So it's always a good idea to utilize highly digestible hay, fiber byproducts to help minimize that heat of fermentation. Uh, So it's always important to, to really look at degradable intake protein, amino acid levels, should be monitored just because we have such a loss of intake. And uh, the third thing is trace mineral nutrition is also crucial in times of heat stress, especially concerning zinc. So adequate levels from an amino acid complex source, such as Zimpro, have been shown uh, in research to mitigate the effects of heat stress in the gut. Can you explain in more detail what happens uh biologically during heat stress situations? Yes. So heat stress has been shown to disrupts the tight junctions in the intestine. Basically, these are proteins that hold these sites together. This is our barrier that holds that inside stuff from getting into the blood. Once those, once the animal is heat stressed, that intestinal permeability uh, starts to increase. So what that effectively is doing and results in is bacteria from the gut, small particles, toxic compounds, they're getting into the blood and this elicits an inflammatory response. In the industry, we've been talking about uh, something called leaky gut for probably five, six years, seven years now, and it's real. Uh, the intestinal cells do break down and we not only see it in the intestinal epithelium, but we also see it in mammary gland epithelium. And we did some research at Iowa State University in steers and in pigs that we compared two different mineral sources. We compared an inorganic sulfate uh, against uh, Zimpro zinc. And the data confirmed that when these steers and pigs were heat stressed, those that were consuming 100% of their trace minerals from inorganic sulfates, uh, that resulted in damage to the enterocytes of the small intestine. And the reason why that's important is because the small intestine is a site for absorption. And if that's damaged, we're going to reduce our nutrient uptake. And so talking about the mammary gland, we've also done a study at Georgia uh, looking through heat stress situations and found that when cows were consuming a proportion of their trace mineral from Zimpro, they experienced less of the effects from heat stress and how that was measured is simply by measuring lactose levels in blood because lactose is synthesized in the mammary gland. It should not be in the blood. Now, 
the levels of lactose in the blood wasn't zero for the Zimpro zinc, but we were significantly lower. So which told us that we improved the cellular integrity of that mammary gland, which is a really important thing. So basically feeding Zimpro reduced the amount of lactose in the blood and we maintained a healthy, a healthy mammary gland. So overall, John, these animals that received Zimpro trace minerals during times of heat stress were healthier because of it. We had improved gut integrity, which led to less inflammation. Now more energy is available for productive purposes. Oh, so heat stress decreases feed intake and uh, milk production. It'll also affect gut integrity and cellular integrity of the mammary gland. Uh, This could be minimized by utilizing nutritional strategies to help mitigate the heat of fermentation. Well, I'd like to thank Dr. Wires from Zinpro for joining us today and encourage our listeners to tune in next week to see what's on tap in animal agriculture. <music>